This is Vermont Credit Unions on the Air, the first ever podcast from the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. I'm Joe Bergeron, president of the association, and with me is our vice president, Brian Kent. We live in a pretty small rural state, and because it's rural, most of the population is dependent on a car for getting around. Cars, or specifically the financing of them, is what we decided to talk about for our first ever podcast. There are over 575,000 cars registered in Vermont. Each one stays on the road about 10 years. About 3,200 cars are sold by car dealers in Vermont each month, according to the Department of Motor Vehicles. Of these, 24% are financed by Vermont Credit Unions using the association's indirect lending program. That amounts to almost $120 million in car loans financed by nine credit unions. And that doesn't include what's financed by members simply walking into the credit union's front door. That's pretty, uh, pretty interesting statistics, Brian. So you mentioned indirect lending, but not everyone listening might know what that is. So in a nutshell, what do we need to know? I'd say there's really two different types of lending that happens in the marketplace. First, there's direct lending, and that's the traditional model of what most of us are used to. So there would be a scenario of I'm shopping for a vehicle. I'm going to go down and pick my vehicle first. Uh, Once I have it picked out, I'll make an appointment and directly go into a branch and apply for a loan. In that model, the next step is usually you wait a period of time. You find out if you're approved, and if so, you go back and you close your loan, and then you take your check and go to the dealership. Indirect lending is saying, let's try to do it all in one fell swoop for the benefit of the member. So in other words, I go to the car dealership, I've picked out my loan, we've decided on a price, but as opposed to driving back and forth or making separate appointments for the loan closing, we're going to close the loan right then and there at the dealership, and you can still finance it with your credit union. So really, we're just using technology to make the experience more convenient for the member and more time effective as well. So... On occasion, there's uh, been conflicting opinions I've heard about indirect lending by credit unions. Some credit unions feel it's great and work hard to generate as many indirect loans as possible, while others feel that borrowers coming to them indirectly brings problems along with them. What, what's the difference? I think that you can have both parts as your delivery strategy. I don't think direct lending is going away in terms of that end. Um, It's just simply if you have a platform in terms of how you deliver loans on direct and indirect, you can meet both member needs. For the ones that want that very personal touch to be coached in and uh, the time factor isn't as much, direct lending is always going to be great. But for indirect lending, um, you do have the ability you can do it in one step. And I almost kind of equate it uh, in terms of the record stores. Now people buy music. You know, with my age, I can easily remember when it was time to buy a music. You, you might have heard a song on the radio. You made a metal note. You put it on a piece of paper. You went down to the record store. You, you flipped through all the, uh, the albums to try to find the right one. You didn't have a chance to preview it. You'd buy it, and then you get it home. Well, nowadays, again, there's nothing wrong with that. We still have record stores, but there's a lot less record stores than what they used to be. And I think the reason for that is the technology has changed. So now a person can say, well, you know, and if I'm looking for one or two songs on an album, I don't have to buy the album. In fact, I don't even have to go to the record store anymore. I can use something like iTunes or many of the other programs out there. I can find very quickly uh, the song I'm looking for, download it, and start using it right away. So I can do it quicker and probably more often uh, cost-effectively than the old traditional model of going down to the store and buying things and, uh, and really getting what I want at the end of the day. 
So I think it's just a, a method of saying, you know, we're going to have two different types of customers, ones that like the direct models, some that like the indirect. You as the member choose which one you want, and we want to make sure that we can deliver it for you. Um, indirect lending is a little bit different. You know, um, you're not doing that meet and greet with a member in the beginning. But for more and more members, they've communicated that the preference for them is to make it simple and convenient. And over time, kind of like what we've seen with the record stores, we've seen the same thing happen with auto buying, that 95% of members now uh, prefer and close at the dealership. And once they've done that, they kind of expect that same resource to be them later on. So I think it's important to keep in mind that with 95% of the business taking place at the dealership, it's very important to have that resource available to your members to close loans rather than just to focus on only serving the 5% who tend to prefer the traditional direct walk-in-the-branch approach. So from the consumer's perspective, the member of the credit union, uh, it's convenient for them because they're at the dealership and initiating their loan application process with a credit union right then and there. But Describe how it looks from the credit union side of things. You know, how does it get to them? How, what do they have to do? Yeah. It's a great question, and I think it's, it's based on convenience, time, and getting accurate information to you. So if I'm a credit union, my interaction with the member, they're not there in front of me, they're at the dealership, and I'm taking it in, is actually going to be done over a computer. So, Joe, let's assume that you wanted to buy a vehicle. Well, let's assume you lived in St. Albans and you wanted to buy a Honda. Well, that's probably going to mean an initial drive. We don't have Honda dealers in St. Albans, so you're probably talking at least 30 minutes or so if you want to drive to Burlington. And you're ready to make a decision uh, at the end of the day. So what the dealer can do in that case is take an application from you, say, we have Joe Bergeron here. He knows exactly what he wants. This is the make and model. This is the price. And they're going to electronically send an application to the credit union. So if I'm at the credit union side, you're not in front of me, but I'm going to receive your electronic app. And with the technology now... Uh, it can do a lot of the manual work of calculating a debt-to-income, determining the value of the collateral very quickly on a computer. So within just a few minutes, I can pull up your application, uh, look at the normal underwriting criteria of debt-to-income and your credit, and very quickly get a response to the dealer. So for the dealer, it's certainly of great value. Uh, they want to try to sell a car. They want to uh, try to please their customer. For the credit union, they certainly want to take advantage of the ability for a loan. And if they don't have that, there's a chance that the person may say, I prefer to do it with my credit union. But if they're not a resource for indirect lending, you know, my time's valuable uh, in those type of circumstances. So if my credit union's not available, who else can you offer me that loan for? We want to make sure that credit unions are there for the member at the time that they need it. Um, and what can happen in that, as soon as you get the application back in, you can respond that Joe Bergeron, we're ready to do this type of loan. This can all happen from the point in time that you take the electronic application to when you respond to the dealer in well under 15 minutes. Sometimes it's five minutes or less. And the dealer is then going to be in a position to say, well, Joe, if you want to take your car home today, um, let me start typing up a contract. We can have you out of here in 30 or 40 minutes. So uh, understanding people's busy schedules, their desire to have things uh, as soon as possible in terms of that, it really works as a great resource. And again, I think because members have become attuned to that experience, that's why we see 95% of sales where the member has says, it's my preference to close at the dealership, particularly if I can do it with my credit union. One of the things we hear sometimes from credit unions is that they already have one or more loan officers on staff 
and that members come to them for the car loans already. So why should I pay, that credit union asks, yet another fee to the dealer in the indirect lending program to get applications from people that may not even be members already? That's a great question, and I think you can have a few of the things. I think what most credit unions have found once they've uh, looked at the opportunities of indirect lending um, is you have to think of the dealer as your business partner. So assume that you have somebody sitting in front of the computer. Uh, you can take applications all over the state. It's a very efficient way to do lending. And you know if we have about 150 dealers that are on our program as of right now. Think of it as almost you have like 150 satellite branch offices that are open. So you can take applications. You can be in Burlington. I can take applications from Burlington, Montpelier, St. Albans, Bennington, Brattleboro, and all those type of ones. A very, very efficient standpoint. Um, you know, I think in the old school model, uh, the person who's the loan officer is trying to do it all. They're trying to market those loans. They're trying to close those things and everything like that back and forth. This allows your employee to do what they can do best. So if you have someone working on indirect lending, as opposed to a busy day in a branch might mean two or three loans, you can be doing 15 or 20 loans with one employee, a very efficient way of doing things and managing your resources better, running your shop a little bit more lean and mean, which all comes out for the benefit of the member, too, at the end of the day. Okay, so cars, I get that. Uh, what about motorcycles, boats, snowmobiles, uh, things like that? Can we use this kind of program for those items, too? It's a great question, and uh, and thanks for bringing that up. Uh, what's neat is is just to think of the way the infrastructure of the model works. So uh, there's no reason to expect that because it works well for auto loans, they can only work for auto loans. Uh, the whole concept is how can I take an electronic application from a member uh, and turn that around? And whether it be as a car or a snowmobile or a motorcycle, we can do all those. And what we have clearly found as we've expanded our footprint in the state of Vermont is we do all kinds of loans. Of those 150, yeah, the vast majority are auto dealers. Those are probably more than 80%, but we have very active relationships with snowmobiles, ATVs, motorcycles. The whole thing at the end of the day is to make the thing convenient for the member. And you brought up one other point, too, I wanted to elaborate on. Um, because of this relationship, you can also take in people who are not members with you yet, but are eligible. And we typically find that 70% of the loans that are getting closed in indirect lending, not only is it a new loan that you have, but now you have a new member relationship that may turn into checking, savings, mortgages, or other type of things on it. So another thing we hear from credit unions is along the lines of, uh, I'm a small credit union. I understand how indirect lending might help a credit union get more loans and members in the door overall. But there's no way I'll be successful in competing with much bigger credit unions that are using the same program as me. Is that a fair statement by those credit unions, or how do you address that? And I think that's a lot of people's first reactions. I think the big thing to remember is everybody's got those same type of resources. A lot of times when we talk to credit unions in the beginning that the turnaround time is about 15 minutes or less, sometimes they swallow hard and look at you funny, but... Keep in mind, they're all coming in. You have a lot of tools and resources to help you get that information quickly. We have credit unions that range in 
you know, 30 million in terms of assets to over a billion dollars in terms of assets that all use the program and all use it effectively. I think for a small credit unit, it's just a matter of finding out that methodology that works for you. Um, you may have a couple people that are on there and keeping an eye out for the application and it comes in. Uh, but there's no reason to believe that if you're, say, a $20 million credit union that you can't do this. You can also have the opportunity of saying, well, maybe I don't want to turn on all 150 dealers, but I'll turn on 5, 10 or something that are in my region and do those close relationships. And I think for the credit unions that do it and do it well, that's also part of their strategy. They decide really how much volume they have, and then they work out internally how can we just make sure within that application comes in that uh, we can respond to it roughly within that uh, 15 to 20 minute time frame. Uh, and with a little creativity, a small credit union can still be very successful. So the heart of an indirect lending program, whether it's cars, boats, mobiles, whatever, um, is all about technology. It's using an online application process, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so we can use it for purposes other than car loan applications? We can, and that's something we're going to be growing more into. Again, going back to one of my earlier comments, the idea is just the infrastructure. Um, we'll be looking into opportunities over the next year or so that um, – let's say you have a furnace that breaks down at your home. You want to try to get new windows. Again, it's just simply a scenario. I have a financing need, and if you can assist me in terms of reducing the number of steps uh, he or she has to do it, that's going to be of benefit to everybody involved. So if we have scenarios where merchants, whether you're a fuel dealer or a window installer or a roof installer or a funeral parlor, any one of those can simply take an application from the member at the time they've identified the need and get the response, we can certainly adapt the same type of model. It's just simply a case of as easily as you can make a transition from a auto loan to a motorcycle loan to an ATV, you can certainly do it on a retail loan as well. It's just a matter of identifying the need, getting a quick response to the member, and trying to reduce the number of steps in the process. So there's a lot more to talk about. The bell you just heard is our time limit, so we're closing in on the end here. But uh, any, uh, any, any summary points that you want to reinforce with uh, our listeners or how to find out more information? Yeah, well, I think to find out more information, just contact our office. Uh, if you're not on the indirect lending program now, we'd be happy to walk you through. Our whole emphasis is that uh, we know historically, particularly in the auto industry, 95% of sales uh, take place at the dealership location. So if you don't have an avenue to that source of business, you're certainly restricting yourselves from the vast majority of sales. We encourage you to take a peek at it, sit with us, let us kind of coach you through the process. You can certainly go in slowly, but um, we can virtually assure you that every time somebody has started it and found out, um, usually the response back to us is, we really should have done this years ago, because it's all something about at the end of the day of working smarter, working more efficiently, and enhancing the experience of the member. That's a lot of great information, Brian, uh, that you've given us about uh, the association's indirect lending program. And uh, let's not forget that approaching $120 million per year, and I know that's not a given yet because we're not quite at the end of the year, but we're on track for that. So $120 million in indirect loans for uh, spread across nine credits in a small state like Vermont um, is a big milestone, I think, uh, given our small size. Um, that's great work by you the participating credit unions, and our business partner in this uh, venture, CU Direct. With that, we've reached the end of our first Vermont Credit Unions podcast and hope you found it informative. As we record more podcasts, we'll archive them online. If you have ideas for a podcast on something you'd like to hear about, 
send it to podcast at vermontcreditunions.coop. Until our next podcast, this is Joe Bergeron and Brian Kent at the Association of Vermont Credit Unions thanking you for listening.